Father, that you're going to come in power. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to minister to every heart in this place, that not one person would leave this place this morning without a touch from heaven and a touch from you. And so, Father, we just thank you. We glorify your name in this space. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way this morning in Jesus' name.
close, lift your hands to the Lord. Sing that again. Take a moment and just sing in the spirit all over the room. Choir, sing in the spirit, choir.
blessing him. Keep blessing him. Keep blessing him. Keep singing in the spirit. Everyone just sing in the spirit.
just lift your hands and begin to pour your love out on the Lord. Father, we thank you. Would you just lift your hands? Father, we thank you for the wonder of Jesus. And we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here with us. For a moment, would you just take all of your attention and put it on the Lord? Just all of it. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that every wayward heart, that every soul enslaved by sin, every person in this room in bondage, everyone who walked in here with secrets, there are no secrets under your eye. Your word says, has he who formed the eye, can he not see you? And has he who planted the ear, can he not hear you? Set the captive free tonight. You have broken and overcome and destroyed the power of darkness. But I pray, Lord, that every person who's hiding would come into the light tonight. They wouldn't hide in this room they'd come into the light of your presence and glory. And every heart that burned for you at one time in their life that's drifted, that fire has grown dim or gone out, that they would return to their first love tonight. Would you agree with me? Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now what I'd like you to do is just
Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we've um, we've. Uh, oh. Yeah. We have. Glory to God. Um, we we have some some very little people to dedicate this morning. <laughs> some baby dedications, um, which is a real blessing. And uh, I just want to read a, a quick passage out of Mark ten, out of the Passion. The parents kept bringing their little children to Jesus so that he would lay his hands on them and bless them. But the disciples kept rebuking and scolding the people for doing it. (laughs) When Jesus saw that this was happening, he became indignant with his disciples and said to them, Let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. (laughs) Don't you know that God's kingdom exists for such as these? Listen to the truth I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. Then he embraced each child. (laughs) And laying his hands on them, he lovingly blessed each one. That's the heart of the father. That's the heart of the father for the little ones. Because you train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they will not depart from it. If God can get a hold of these little ones, of their hearts, he's got them for life. (laughs) So when we dedicate infants, we're praying that their hearts will be inclined towards righteousness and godliness. And that they would be protected until they can begin to make good life choices. Hallelujah. So we pray for parents that they would raise the child in a godly home. Do you know modelling is more important than speaking? What you say, great. What you do, the little ones are watching. They are watching. And they are listening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, and in that, our, our, as parents, there's a training and there's an admonition of the Lord. Okay, so there is correction. You know, I know in, our, in the world that we live today, it's, it's sort of like, well, the kids decide. No, 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 that's not how it's to be. It's not how it's to be. It's the parents who guide and lead and establish. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So until faith comes, a child is under the guardianship of their parents. We are, as parents, we are guardians and stewards. And we believe in the, impart, in the power of, of impartation. We believe in words of faith and words of prophetic uh, meaning. And we believe in the power of blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to ask if... Um, uh, Wilma and Rosemary, if they'd like to come up this way. And um, oh, I think, well, I think uh, we will have the Maxwells 
Come up. is pretty, pretty wonderful. So this is Ira Maxwell and uh, Ira in the Bible was uh, one of David's mighty men. He, he was pretty mighty because he had 24,000 men under him. So he was a very trusted uh, man of David. And I was uh, thinking about this for this little Ira, and, um, and we know that God has um, a plan for his life. When he was knitting him inside his mum, <laughs> all of those things he placed in him that he was going to need for the journey ahead. And um, it, it's, it's wonderful when you see... Uh, godly parents, godly families raising their, their children the way the scripture um, says because you know that it's, going, it's like what Tim said. Um, it's got them. The word of God has got them and will keep them. And um, I have a scripture here um, for Ira. And it's 2 Timothy 2.1 and it says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus. And I have a psalm for the parents. <laughs> psalm 84.11 For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And um, the, the word that really jumped out to me when I was waiting on this was grace. And, uh, you know, Paul said his grace is sufficient for me. And he said it right in the middle of when there was lots of things happening um, that wasn't fun for, for Paul, but he was able to stand and say, um, your grace is sufficient. And uh, I felt like the Lord was saying... Um, to you guys that he is your sun and your shield and uh, every morning you wake up and you see the sun you know that God is your sun and your shield and he's, he's equipped you for everything for everything for life and godliness that's his promise so bless you So I spent some time having a look at who Ira was in the Bible. Um, and yes, certainly a mighty warrior uh, of David. And um, I just felt God was saying, um, God, God knows Ira. It's a little bit similar to um, Rosemary. He knew him before he was conceived and in, his presence was with him in the womb. And he saw him as he was born and his presence is always with him. And therefore, Ira is always blessed. And this is the favour, the kindness and the goodness of God, making whatever his people do succeed and prosper. And this is a promise for Ira. 
Um, and when I was thinking about Ira and looking at the details of David's 30 mighty warriors, um, there was this word that seemed to be highlighted within the text. Um, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the chief or the leaders of the 30 warriors, uh, Amasai, um, and this is what, he, what the Spirit said through him to the warriors. Success, success to you and success to those who help you, for your God will help you. And as I was reading it, I just felt the word success very much highlighted in, in thought uh, in God, by God's Spirit as I was thinking about Ira. Success, success, success for you and God will help you. And I just felt that God, uh, and I've written it down, Ira has stepped big time into God's blessings. He receives and lives in this blessed state and receives all the blessings because his parents are godly and they've been very faithful to God. Um, so the setting was already there for him to step into. God recognises the name of Ira. This is the name of a man who was a mighty warrior of King David. And in thinking about that, it was, it was the name of somebody who fought so bravely and courageously and conquered uh, the enemy and brought the ark into Jerusalem with great rejoicing. The enemy, on the other hand, hears the name of Ira and is afraid because this is the name of one of David's mighty warriors. Um, so many blessings today rightfully belong to both parents and Ira. Lord bless you both. He's a good-looking little kid, isn't he? <laughs> hey. He's got a very strong head, so, yeah. We're just going to um, pray a blessing on this little one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for Ira. Lord, we thank you that you knew him from the beginning. Lord, we will ask right now, Lord, that um, there be a blessing upon him. Lord, that your angels protect him. Lord, that you would bring him up, uh, Lord, to know you. Uh, Lord, and that he would be a, a, a power in your kingdom. So, Father, we just, uh, yeah, we just thank you. We present him to you. We dedicate him to you this morning. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can we have him back? Very good. Thank you. And can we have the Barkers, please? Who would like to go first this That was worth an applause, Jack. Well done. <laughs> well, Esther Barker. They're very alert this morning, aren't they? <laughs> Taking it all in. <clears throat> now, of course, Esther in the Bible, it was said of her that she was born for such a time as this. 
So it's not a coincidence that she's been born into this family and that she was born as a blessing for you guys, but that you um, are a blessing for her. And it's all God's plan that she, that, that here she is. <laughs> all God's plan um, for this precious family. Born such a time as this. And the scripture I have um, for Esther, and this is what I, I believe that God has placed in her. Um, it says, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I believe God has put a strength and courage in her. Um, and that she'll be worthy of her name because God has a plan. And um, it's not, not something to be scared about with our children because we know that um, God sends his angels and his Holy Spirit hovers around and, and he never leaves us. And um, I, yes, I, that's what I felt, that God was, she's going to be strong and... Um, that uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> strong is a good thing. <laughs> but strong is a good thing. It's a gift, and um, and she will be strong, and she will know God in a way that um, no one's going to be able to talk her out of it. And um, the scripture I have for you as a family. <clears throat> as parents, is in Lamentations. Through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. And so you have the confidence to know you wake up in the morning, yesterday's gone, today's a new day, full of blessings and what God wants to um, put in your day. And, and that is about your parenting that it will be a joy. Our children are a joy. And um, Weston is a joy. He's a wonderful joy. <laughs> He's a joy. He's a joy. And, um, and so there's going to be a lot of fun in this family. And, um, and, and God's got it. God's got it. And the promise of God is yes and amen. And when he says he will never leave you, didn't fit on my page. That's exactly what he will do. Never leave you because he cannot lie. Never leave you. Pleasure. So um, it's, it's it's a little bit similar, which is great, <laughs> but. Um, I just wrote down as I began to read through the scriptures on Esther and think about this Esther. Um, God, I've just written down, God has ordained that you are born and raised in a family who will train you in all his ways. Um, you'll be strong in faith and courageous in action because of your family's Christian heritage. And uh, I just felt to encourage um, both of you, Larissa uh, and Shane, the importance of your Christian heritage 
um, and how strong it will be and what a structure it will give um, to your children and Esther and how much you can be relying on that. You know, that that's there under you all the time, that structure, that word, the promises. Um, hello. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I did feel as I was um, just thinking about Esther um, and the story of Esther, and I've written it down, God chose you, Esther, for a specific purpose. Uh, you are the best that God has to fulfil this purpose and God has placed you in his kingdom for such a time as this, which is from that scripture in, in Esther. God's plans and timing are perfect. Um, as you become aware of God, how much God loves you and has chosen you for a specific purpose, um, then you will be victorious and sing and dance. And in the singing and the dancing, there will be victory. And uh, I've, I've written on a little uh, remembrance thing. Three scriptures, but the first one is one that you would know well. You've turned my morning into dancing for me. And I just felt like there's going to be a lot of dancing and singing uh, with this little girl. And when she's aware of it, it's going to be a victory dance, victory singing. So, Lord bless you both and uh, bless little Esther. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. Father, Lord, we thank you for Esther. Uh, Lord, we thank you for her life. And Lord, the, the life that she will lead. And, and Lord, we just uh, bringing her to you this morning. Lord, the parents are bringing her to you this morning. Lord, we just impart a blessing upon her. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we are dedicating her to you. And Lord, as she grows and as she develops and as she becomes aware, Lord... Uh, let it be, Lord, that, uh, that your protection be around about her and, Lord, that um, uh, your angels are, are there all about and, Lord, that, uh, that she would um, come to a knowledge of you and, uh, and Lord, that you would be her Lord uh, for all the days of her life. So, Father, we just impart that blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You good girl. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Thank you. And uh, each of these um, these little people by their parents have um, have got a, a, a Bible and there's some um, um, some words, prophetic words um, in the front of those Bibles. So, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you for the people who have done that. Oh, now. I would like to um, hand over to Andrew Scarborough this morning. Andrew, um, uh, if you are aware of the uh, fire camp that uh, happened um, earlier uh, in the year, we had a couple of people um, that were at that fire camp and Mal and company were um, looking after the food, which was very important. And um, um, I, I'll, I'll just let Andrew speak for... 
for Andrew. So Andrew Scarborough, if you'd like to give him a welcome, please. I bought my cheer squad today, also known as my family. So it's such a joy to be here. Um, Tim and Coral, thank you so much. Can I get you to stand? Is that all right? Is that okay? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Father, I thank you so much. We thank you. Let's just pray for, the, for this couple right now. We thank you, Lord God, that your fire burns within them. And we just declare in the mighty name of Jesus that there will be a greater burning within them in these days in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, for the parents and the grandparents that they are. We thank you, Lord God, for the strength that they carry. And I just pray, we pray as a church right now, blessing over them. We pray that the, the fire, the revival, the purity, the hunger would be greater in them these days than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I hope you didn't mind. I just wanted to pray for you guys. I feel so honoured to be here. It feels like such a blessing. And this is a wonderful church, I can tell already. I didn't know how I was going to preach, actually. <laughs> I learned something very important today. It's not actually about the, the style of song. It's not about the, uh, the worship per se, or the worship leader, or the song set. It's about the presence of God. It's about... It's about being aware of the very person of Jesus, being aware of who he is. And I was wrecked in that, in that worship. I don't know about you. I was like, I can't preach. I was just weeping, you know. Behold the lamb, you know. To, to look upon Jesus on the cross, I'm like, oh. And I just, I couldn't. I was like, whew. And... Um, yeah, oh, that was, thank you very much. So, his presence is everything. Jesus is everything. And without Jesus, we have nothing. And so I feel so honoured to be in a church that values the presence of God. I love that it says here, we value your presence here. And I don't know who came up with that. Might have been a marketing genius. I don't know. But it's like we value your presence here and we value your presence here. And the reality is that his presence is everything. And when his presence meets our presence and the two of us engage, miraculous things happen. So I feel very honoured to be here. Um, by way of introduction, I've met some of you, some of you I've not yet met. It's good to see some familiar faces from the fire camp and uh, from Kenya, preaching the gospel in Kenya and, um, and, and others here. Um, but I am, basically what I do with my life is I'm an evangelist, but I will tell you straight up, first and foremost, I'm just a child of God. I'm hungry for the Lord. I love the Lord so much. And um, I want to share the love of Jesus with everyone. So, kids, I have a question for you. I've got some fun stories today. Should I show a quick video and then tell a story, or should I tell a story and then show a quick video? What do you reckon? Do you want to watch a video? Yeah? All right, we're going to watch a video. Are you ready? So I've got just a quick video that we shot 
on our last trip in Kenya where we went as a family and we saw lions and elephants and giraffe. It was amazing. But we also saw lots of people come to Jesus. So we're just going to watch this quick video just so you can kind of get to know my family a little bit. Obviously, I've got my wife and my children who have just disappeared. So hopefully we can find them soon. All right. Joyce here. We are coming to you from Kenya and we wanted to thank you so much for your prayers and for your support. You know, we've seen God moving in such incredible ways here in Kenya. We've been preaching in prisons. We've done a crusade. We've got another crusade coming up, which are large gospel festivals. And then we've been preaching to the youth and seeing thousands come to know the Lord. But probably most amazingly, what excites me the most is we've been able to lead and raise up other evangelists to preach the gospel. And so uh, some of the people that we trained up at Fire Camp in Bendigo have been here with us in Kenya and they're leading thousands to the Lord. One of them was telling me, one of the evangelists said, this trip has changed their life forever. And I really do believe that the uh, prayers that you've been praying, the finances that you've been sowing in are going to have a ripple effect, not just here in Kenya, but in Australia and all around the world because an army of evangelists is at work here and they are being trained up for there as well. So thank you so much for standing with us. Thank you for praying for us. Yeah, even within our own family, we feel like so blessed to be able to come to Kenya as a family. Our children are being trained up as a next generation of missionaries. They've come out with us on the bumpy, dirty, dusty roads, going out to schools, um, handing out booklets to children that are, that are the same age as they are and sharing the good news, being part of sharing the gospel. And it's been, as, a, as parents, I think for us, it's such an honor and privilege to have our children part of this. And so we want to thank you so much for sending us, for praying for us and for standing with us. Yeah, thank you so much and God bless you as you continue to serve the Lord where you are. And we just thank you so much and we pray that you be blessed and that the God's kingdom would come in your life, through your life, as is happening right here in Kenya. So God bless you and thank you for standing with us. Just a little introduction um, to who we are, and um, the ministry that we run is called Fire and Rain International, and the reason we've called it Fire and Rain International is, well, number one, we're international, but number two, we believe that if the rain of God's going to fall on the earth, the fire of God needs to fall on the people of God, first and foremost. So if you think about Elijah and the prophets of Baal, Uh, First, the fire had to fall on Yahweh's 
altar. And then the, bra- the, the drought broke. And if we want to see the world reached, the church needs to be on fire. And um, I really do believe that little things will make a big difference. And there's tweaks that we need in the church um, in this season, absolutely. So I'm going to preach on that in just a moment. Just wanted to uh, acknowledge that I'm wearing Indonesian batik today. I know you're thinking, what what is this guy doing? Uh, We're actually in... Uh, two and a half weeks, I'm flying to Indonesia. I'll just show you this field here. I'm just sharing it with you uh, just so you can be praying for us. Uh, we're setting up a, we're going to set up a stage just where you see that building on the left. That's an indoor stadium. And then we're going to, uh, our, our hope, our plan is that we will have tens of thousands of people come to this area here. This is a... Um, in a city that's 50% Muslim, 50% Christian, and we're going to preach the gospel. And we believe that thousands are going to come to the Lord. We've got 30 people flying in from all over the world um, for that event. And uh, Sorry, yeah, 30 internationals. And then we've got thousands of volunteers locally as well. And just this next video, you'll just see um, the locals praying over the field. Do we have that video? Let's see, I airdropped everything, so you just never know. There they are. And um, so our, the gentleman there in the pink kind of shirt with the sunglasses on and that girl in the black with the sunglasses on, they're our crusade directors. They're from Singapore. So if you can be praying for them, they're actually there preparing the, the ground. And they, these are local pastors and leaders just praying over the field. So I just show you that. Uh, we, can, we can fade that or however you want to do it. I just show you that video to ask you, would you please pray for us if you think of us over the next few weeks? Uh, I often feel like mildly crazy. Does anyone else feel mildly crazy following the Lord? I often feel mildly crazy um, because I think, who am I? You know, um, when when we stood on that field, I remember standing there and, and it was the biggest field in the whole area and something in me said, this is the spot, you know. All the other spots, I kept saying, it's too small, it's too small. We're going to have crowd crushes. We're going to, like, we need the biggest field. And, and, and then they start, you know, telling me, well, that means you need to put toilets in. You need to clear the field. You need to put a stage up. You need to, and I'm going, and how much is that going to cost, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, over $100,000 later, I'm going, what am I doing I don't even have a job. Actually, no, I do. I just started to employ myself through our ministry. Praise the Lord. Um, But at the time, I didn't even have a paycheck. And I'm thinking, you know, how do you do this? And so often I feel so small. And I don't know about you, but often we can feel so small and we think, I'm too small to make a big difference. I'm too small to make an impact. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Um, in Australia, we actually celebrate people being too small. It's called the tall poppy syndrome. We, we enforce that you will be small no matter what. And uh, that's just not the kingdom of God, just so you know. Next time you hear someone has a dream, say, wow, how can I get behind you? Um, but are you ready for a fun story? Kids, are you ready for a funny story? Okay, so a friend of mine from Indonesia was visiting here in Australia and he was studying 
at a Bible college, which is where you learn about the Bible. He was a visitor and his English was not very good. And he was going over to one of the, the teacher's houses for dinner. And he heard in Australia you should take people food if you're going to visit people's houses. So he went to the shops and he found some biscuits. And he took the packet of biscuits to the house. And before he could even get in the door, the children saw the biscuits. They were so excited. They grabbed the biscuits and they ran down the hallway and started eating the biscuits. And they were telling their parents how amazing these biscuits were, how much they loved these biscuits. And their parents said, wow, thank you for bringing these biscuits. We've never seen them before. Um, tell, t- like, where did you get them? And, and they said, oh, let me have a look at the packet. And the packet did say biscuit, but my friend was learning English and he didn't know the word dog. And so he had bought some dog biscuits and these kids were eating dog biscuits. Now, little things can make a big difference. A little word like dog is the difference between your hosts being glad that you came or thinking... (laughs) What on earth have we allowed to enter our house? And sometimes in life we can feel, like I've said, that we're too small to make a big difference. But today I want us to look at John chapter 6. And it's interesting that I, I wanted to do this message before I knew it was baby dedication day. And I do believe that this is a bit of an encouragement to the parents in the room as well or the grandparents, um, because God can do big things with your little ones as well. So in John chapter 6, it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. I just want to pause there for a moment. I, I truly believe one of the little big things that needs to shift in the church these days is the power of God, the miraculous power of God. One of the things I've done in my short life is planted a church over in California. And I remember when we planted the church, my mum called me. She said, how's it going? I said, oh, you know, it's steady. We're slowly growing. You know, she said, you just need to go after miracles, son. That's what Jesus did and it brought a crowd. So I was like, okay. I went to the library. I grabbed a book on miracles. I announced to everyone that we were doing a healing service. And then I started reading the book to try and work out how on earth do you see people get healed. (laughs) And the church like tripled in in one meeting. As soon as people heard there was a miracle healing service, everyone all of a sudden showed up to this new church. And actually before I even uh, got... Halfway through my message, people were saying things like, excuse me, pastor, but I have metal in my leg and I can't do this, but I can now, it's gone, you know. And I'm like, I haven't even started praying. It is Pentecost Sunday, by the way. And at the end of this service, I want to pray for people that feel that you need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. So a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. 
Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered, 200 denarii, which was a lot of money, worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? I just want to pause there. The, uh, the NLT, the New Living Translation says, but what good is that to this huge crowd? The NIV says, but how far will they go among so many? You see, all he's got is a couple of fish and some bread. There's not much happening. In fact, uh, I was going to bring some raw fish into church this morning in an esky. My wife said that was a bad idea. So I managed to uh, get myself some, some tortillas. So can anyone tell me how many pieces of bread there were? How many loaves? Five, okay. So we'll go one, two, three, four, five. There were just five pieces of bread. And because I wasn't allowed to, on orders of my wife, bring in any live fish, I raided the bathtub and I got myself a uh, killer whale and a, I think it's a blue whale. So there were two fish and five loaves. It was, it was not much. They found this little boy and all he had was a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And yet, do we know how the story ends? Anyone? He fed the multitudes, that's right. And actually, he said that when they'd eaten their fill, he told his disciples, this is verse 12, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets, 12 baskets. So I didn't have 12 baskets at home, but basically what happened is that little bit, you've got to multiply what you see in front of you by three. All the teachers are going, you better get this right. And they were able, and, and they were overflowing. The reason I bring the props is, one, I heard the kids were going to be in church, but two, it helps you to just get a visual picture that this was a crazy miracle. Can you just imagine... Right now, if this was filled to overflowing with fish and bread, and yet all I started with was this, you'd say, whoa. (laughs) That little that that boy had has turned into something big. The interesting thing is here that Jesus said to them, have them sit down. This is verse 10. And now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. 5,000. And Jesus then took the loaves and when he'd given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. Jesus took the little 
that was needed for so many. He brought it to his father. He blessed it. And it went way beyond anything we could have imagined. I don't know about you, but I drive into a city like Bendigo or a town. I don't know if it's a city yet, but a town, a city like Bendigo. And I go, there's too many people. How is this church going to make a difference? How, how are the believers in this town going to see this town saved? But do you know what? Your little in the hands of Jesus can make a huge difference. I absolutely believe it. I absolutely believe it. Why? Because I'm a follower of Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to believe it as well. You know, I've been, um, how do I put this? Uh, I've been very busy this year. A little too busy for my own good, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, We went to Kenya for uh, about two months as a family and then we came back and I was off to Singapore, I was off to America. I had one Sunday where I finished preaching, mid-praying for people afterwards, they had to drag me off, race me to the airport, I got on a plane, flew to Los Angeles for an event that Sunday afternoon. So I started Sunday morning preaching and I went to bed having been at a, at a big gospel festival in Los Angeles and I went, that was a long day. That was... And I'm in a season at the moment where the Lord is reminding me to slow down and trust that He's God. I think sometimes we think, my little's going to make a big difference. I'm telling you, my little's going to make a big difference. My little's going to, my little is going to, my little. And we, and we work so hard and we try and manufacture something. But you cannot manufacture a move of God. In fact, the more you try, the more you will sabotage it. But when you lay yourself down at the feet of Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. I have three really simple points this morning. I've got a rather shorter message because I'm aware that we've got a lot of young people in the room and I'd prefer to preach short and pray long um, for those that would like prayer. But my three points are very simple and and I felt the Lord um, encourage these points for you today. Number one is bring him your little. Bring him your little. You know, this, this little boy, can you imagine it? I mean, talk about the stories he would have. <laughs> like, I was, hey, do you hear about that miracle, guys? You know, he shows up, shows up in, in town. He says, guys, guys, guess what? To all of his friends, did you hear about that miracle? That was my bread. That was my fish. Just bring him your little. Just bring him your little. Just bring him your little. What is your little prayer? What is your little gift? What is your... I was using your restroom just before and uh, there was a dad joke on the wall. Ladies, you might not know about this, but the men have posted dad jokes in the restroom just out there. And one of the dad jokes posted there was, there was a man who asked for a small donation to the local swimming pool, so I gave him a cup of water. And I thought, oh, that's a good one. 
But I thought, isn't that so, so true? Without a little bit of water, that swimming pool will never get filled. We actually, we just have to bring our little and watch what the Lord does. My second point is, is just as profound. It's, I'm just going to say the same three things in different ways. Are you ready? Bring him your doubts or your unbelief. It's not in this, it's not in this uh, passage. It's recorded in, in other books, other gospels. It talks about the doubt of the disciples. They're like, <laughs> hang on a minute. It's just two fish and five loaves. Jesus, you've got to be joking. That's my paraphrase. But do you know our God is big enough for your doubts? He's big enough for you to come with your unbelief and say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work, but I bring it to you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I bring it to you. Um, I want to just tell you a crazy story. We had a gentleman come and prophesy at our church recently. He came and he preached at our church. He was giving prophetic words. and He came up to myself. This was a Saturday morning. And he said, someone's going to give your ministry $100,000. And I thought, you're crazy. It's never going to happen. No, I didn't think it's never going to happen. I believe there'll be a day where people give us millions of dollars because I don't want to be a millionaire in funds. I want to be a millionaire in souls. I want to see millions come to Jesus. And he, this man prophesied that we would receive $100,000 for our ministry. The biggest gift we've ever had for our ministry is $13,000. And so I'm being stretched. Like right now, I'm still trying to raise $20,000 for books. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what am I doing? And that night, a lady came up to us. And she had been given $100,000. And she is living in a rental property, doing everything she can to make ends meet. And she had $100,000. And the moment that man said this in this, in this conference, she felt the Spirit of the Lord say, give him your $100,000. And she stood there with us crying, saying, this is a house deposit for me and my, and my kids. But the Lord has told me the things of eternity matter so much more. And I've got that 100000 I want to give it to your ministry. And, and I'm not joking. <laughs> we could not be doing what we're about to do in two and a half weeks if it wasn't for her. Yes to the Lord. And I want to encourage you Sometimes we go, I don't know how this is going to work. She was like, I don't know how this is going to work because I've never done anything like this before. I don't even know what my kids are going to think. Like, you know, she was like, but, but I have to move on the, on, on the leading of the Lord. You know, my dad was just healed from Parkinson's disease. You may not have heard of people getting healed from Parkinson's before. He was scheduled to have deep brain stimulation surgery and he was shaking. Some of you will know people with Parkinson's or you may even have it yourself, I believe, for your healing in Jesus' name. He was shaking so bad that he was constantly falling over, all of this. And he said to my, my mum, he said, before I go in for the surgery, I mean, he was diagnosed by three different doctors, a specialist in Los Angeles, 
a doctor in Indonesia and a doctor in, in Melbourne. He said, before I go for the surgery, let's go and get prayer from the, at a, a pastor that they know. And they said, let's go and get prayer because I want to get healed. Now, my dad had been prayed for, I'm talking hundreds of times. And he, and he went forward, received prayer and was instantly healed, completely healed. Bring God your doubts. Bring him your impossible situations. Bring him the crazy. Bring him the things that you think, this is beyond me. And my last point is this, bring him your yes. It's exactly what I've been saying, but in a different way. Bring him your little, bring him your doubts, bring him your yes. What is in your hands? God can take what is in your hands, the little that is in your hands, and multiply it to become something big. Multiply it to become a miracle that the world so desperately needs. So I want to encourage you today to bring God your little, to bring him your doubts, to bring him your yes, and watch him multiply it. Do you know, it was one sentence that changed my life forever. I was a drunk, suicidal mess. Girls, alcohol, you name it, pornography, clubbing. And I was working in a bar and a man who I'd never met before came up to me and said, God loves you and you just have to come back to him. That was it. One little sentence and my whole life was transformed. I want to close with a story. Is that all right? We good? Is everyone okay? All right. I'm trying to read the room. Like they, you either want me to shut up or you want me to keep going and I'm trying to work out which one it is. So keep going, all right. It's all good. You know, my pastor, Liam Swain, I go to a church called the Sanctuary Church, is actually preaching over at New Nature Church and they started an hour after yours, which means we've got an hour to keep going because then we're driving back to Melbourne together. So, you know, it's all good. We drove up together. Isn't that fun? Do you know the Lord really loves Bendigo? He really loves this town. And I'm not saying like, wow, look, my pastor and I are in town at the same day. But what I'm saying is, like you just can't, we didn't plan that. We didn't script that. Two, Two leaders from the same church coming to the same town, preaching within five minutes of each other. Why? Because the Lord wants to keep pouring into Bendigo. He's going to keep sending you people. He's going to keep bringing his presence. He's going to keep bringing opportunities. The question is, what do we do? What do we do with what he brings us? What do we do with our little? So I'll I'll close on this this story. Uh, I was on, if he's not gluten intolerant, he can go for it. Let's just multiply that bread. So... um, I want to close with this story. Can't eat the fish. You can play with it. So I was on an airplane. It would have been May the 3rd because that's my wife's birthday. And I was trying to get back home in time for my wife's uh, birthday celebration. And we were, we were, I'd taken a team to Atlanta for a conference. And at the time we were living in Los, Los Angeles. We were planting this church. So we get on this big jet and we're flying from Atlanta to LA when all of a sudden our aeroplane makes a quick turn 
and begins to descend rapidly. And I'm talking nowhere near Los Angeles. So we're in between Atlanta and LA, and who knows that's not a good thing when your plane all of a sudden makes a sudden turn and starts descending. So I get a little bit heightened. Not everyone on the plane was quite aware of what was going on, but I do a lot of flying and I know when something's not quite right. And I was like, something's not right. And then I watched the air hostess walk over and pick up the phone, you know, so she can talk to the pilot. And she picks up the phone and I can hear it from my seat coming out of her receiver. Not now, not now. And she goes, hangs up the phone and breaks into a sweat. And then she starts grabbing some of the other air hostesses and they're talking and we're going down more and more. And I'm thinking, oh God, this is not good. The next thing I hear come over the, uh, the, the PA system in the aeroplane is, cabin crew, please prepare the plane for an emergency landing. We will be landing in Albuquerque, New Mexico in five minutes. And all of a sudden, chaos breaks out onto the plane. I mean, the guy next to me, even though he, he was part of our church leadership team, I wasn't too sure if he was saved. He held my hand. He was praying. I was like, man, I think he's getting born again. You know, we're praying together and people are praying and people are crying. And it was on. The, like, it was on. And we keep going down, 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 down. And then we kind of just leveled out and the pilot comes over the, over the PA again. And he says, hi, everyone, this is your pilot uh, speaking. I'm sorry about the, the, the chaos and the confusion, but the windshield in front of uh, me just shattered all over me. And he said, fortunately, we've got two windshields. It's double paned, you know. So the first one is given away and if the second one gives way, we're in a lot of trouble. And so I need to get this plane down and I need to get it down now. So we'll be landing in Albuquerque, New Mexico in two minutes. But you need to know the runway is too short for our plane. So I want everyone in the brace position. And when I hit that runway, it's going to be hard and fast. And sure enough, we were braced. And when we hit that runway, it was all the way down and then we came to a stop and the, and the cabin erupted in applause. <laughs> Everyone was like, whoo! And I remember walking past the uh, cockpit and having a look in and it's true, there was just glass everywhere. You couldn't really see through the windshield um, where one of the pilots was sitting. Why do I share that, that story? Because there was this thin veil between our aeroplane having an encounter with the heavens <laughs> or not. It was the smallest thing, but it was making all the difference. And I can tell you that pilot was flying that plane saying, God, help. God, don't let it break. Don't let it break. Don't let it break. And, and we landed and we landed safely, praise the Lord. And I feel like this morning there's a thin, there's a thin veil there's the smallest thing, but it can make the biggest difference. And the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing in your heart and you do too. The question is, will you distract yourself away from what he wants to do right now? 
start thinking about lunch or start thinking about how this would be a great sermon for someone else or start thinking about, you know, or will you embrace what the Lord wants to do in this place this morning? Because I believe there's two little things that need to be dealt with today. Number one is the little things that are, that are actually creating havoc in your life. The little attitude, the person you haven't forgiven, the person that, you're, that you've got a grudge against, the person... You know, when I was preparing for today, I always asked the Lord, Lord, who's in the room? What does this church need to hear? And I got these words, agendas, busy but with good things, distraction. And I said, oh, Lord, I can't bring that to the church. But the Lord spoke to me very quickly and he said, don't worry, Andrew, they're all just symptoms of hunger. The people are hungry for an authentic touch from God and it's manifesting in trying to get some agenda passed or trying to, you know, be busy with all these good things or trying to, you know, or distracting ourselves. But I actually believe that, the, that there is a pure heart in this church. I believe there is a pure heart of hunger for the Lord. And if we don't run after Him, we become distracted by other things. We begin, I know I said I was finishing, but I want to share one thing real quick. I've been dog sledding before in Alaska. And when you go dog sledding, the most um, dangerous time for the dogs and for the equipment is when the dogs are still. When the dogs are still, they bark, they bite at the rope, and they bite at each other. Those dogs were bred to run. They were bred to listen to the musher's voice and to run. And I would say that God wants to do a great thing through this community, but we've got to listen to his voice and we've got to run. And when we stop, we, we start fighting each other and we start, you know, trying to do the. And it's like, no, no, no. It's actually a manifestation of the reality that you were designed to feast on the Lord and you're not feasting on him, therefore you're fighting. Does that make sense? I don't know if that word even means anything per se, but I want to encourage you, if there is agendas, if there's busyness with good things but not God things, if there's distraction, you're just looking for fresh water but you're turning to salt water, so turn to the living water. You're looking for food, but you're binging on junk food, and he's got a feast for you. So what are the little things? Number one, it's the little things that are making a big difference for the negative. But number two, I believe there's a little thing that's actually a big thing, which is the fire of God. That Today, the Lord would say, I want to deal with the distractions, I want to deal with the enemy, but I also want to deal with the hunger and I want to give you my fire. It says, I love this, that on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire, tongues of fire, just small little flames came and rested. But who knows that God's little, meeting your little is something big. And your little meeting his little is something big. And that flame wants to rest on you today. So before I go, I'd like to just invite people. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I'm not even walking with Jesus. So the first thing I need to sort out is my salvation. 
And if that's you, I want to pray for you. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That if we will believe and we will turn around, we can be saved. That we repent and we believe in what Jesus did on the cross. So if you're here with every eye open, not closed, because we actually want you to run this race all the ways and we need each other. If you're here and you'd say, Andrew, I know that I know that I'm not right with God and I need to turn my life around and get right with God. Can you just lift your hand real quick? Because I want to pray for you. If you're here and you say, Andrew, today I want to choose to follow Jesus. Just lift your hand really quickly. Maybe you say, I've been going to church for a while, but I'm not following Jesus and I want to follow him. Can you just lift your hand real quick? If not, it might be that everyone here is saved, but if you're not, I tell you, you want to get saved. It's two things certain in life, death and taxes, and uh, you can't escape death. Some people try with taxes, but you can't escape death. So wonderful. Maybe everyone here is walking with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, Andrew, I actually just need to do some business with God. That's what we're going to do now. We're going to open the altar. I'm wondering if it's possible. There's a song called Pure by Abby Gamboa. I believe her name is Abby Gamboa. That's A-B-B-I-E Gamboa. Even if you just type in Pure. No, it's all right. I don't have it here. It's all right. Even if you just type in Pure Upper Room, you'll get the song. And I just wonder whether we could do business with God this morning. Uh, there were two things as well in terms of healing. I believed that uh, I felt like the Lord said that there's someone with back, like serious back issues here and the Lord wants to touch you, heal you. And there's um, someone with a sister with cancer at the moment and you need someone to stand with you for prayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this. From kind of here to my right, your left, we're going to call the... The, the don't touch me zone, okay? This is like, I just need to do business with God and there's nothing worse than you're like, God, I bring you my everything. And someone's like, hey there, how you going? Can I pray for you? And you're like, I'm just trying to talk to the Lord. So this, this area here, we're gonna open the altar up per se. And if you just need to do business with God, just move into this space. And then um, on this side here, we're going to... Um, Pray for people if you need prayer. So this is the, please don't touch me, and this is the, I need prayer. Did we find that song by Pure? Yeah. Uh, by Upper Room. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Go for it. We'll just turn that up and just allow the purity of God to enter the room. I really believe, I, I really believe it's the little things that make the big difference. I really felt like the Lord was on that. You might be just taking that extra glance at that girl or you might be just just telling that little white lie or you might be, and the Lord just says, I want to deal with that. Or there might be a little dream in your heart to foster a child or to, to give financially to a mission or to, to, to serve in an area. And the Lord's going to breathe on that today. So just get really sensitive to the Spirit, if that makes sense and just allow him to speak. I'll be over here if needed. Other team can come um, if you want prayer, but otherwise, just come to the front here. Maybe we'll turn the lights down and put the music up. And I'll be back in a minute.
So 